0: This is Believe and Georgia Dogs Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the
1: game.
0: UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton.
2: Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Uh, I'm your host, Corey Burton, and you can find the show at Believe in Dogs on all social media platforms. You can find me personally at Coach Burton Thirty Six on Twitter. Um, if you want to advertise. You can reach out to the folks that believe that's bleav.com to um, reserve a spot and make sure you uh, get that ever important spot to advertise on this show. If also you want to download and subscribe to us, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher luminary and tune in we're on all of those social or actually not social media but we're on all those podcast directories so like us subscribe you can even leave feedback and rate the show Uh, i know you can do it on itunes so if you like what you hear um, if you enjoyed what you heard on syllabus day make sure you subscribe so as i just said syllabus day just happened and uh, it it was exciting Uh, it, it gave me a great chance i think to give us you know, to give you as listeners um, kind of a viewpoint into what we do here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast, what our goals are, uh, and, and just to kind of make sure that you understand the unique perspective that I bring, uh, the unique perspective that our guests bring, and, uh, you know, we, we want to give Dog Nation the best show that we possibly can. So we, we ran through very, very briefly some headlines Um, I got a very special guest on today's episode. Um, He is the UGA beat writer for the Athens Benner Herald. Uh, His name is Mark Weiser. Uh, What drew me to Mark was that he wrote a very good article about the hire of Scott Cochran. He has a lot of good content on the Athens Benner Herald uh, online. So you should go check that out um, after this interview. But uh, I sat down with him. He had a lot of great things to say. Um, So, uh, enjoy the interview and, uh, as, as always, uh, go dogs. All right, joining me today on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast is a very special guest, uh, Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald. You can find his content at onlineathens.com. Mark, how you doing today?
1: Doing good, Corey. How's it going?
2: Uh, it's going great, man. It's, uh, about to be the weekend and, uh, ready to, uh, ready to relax a little bit. So, um, Given everything that's happened in, in 2020 uh, with, you know, you start out with, you know, coming off the Sugar Bowl, you make three new hires, uh, everybody's excited, you know, you hire Matt Luke to coach offensive line, you hire uh, Todd Monken as the offensive coordinator, Scott Cochran is special teams coordinator, and then COVID-19 happens and everything's shut down, um, so you go virtual and... And, uh, you know, I, I felt like UGA kind of handled that, or at least Georgia football uh, really handled that well with uh, Coach Sinclair sending out all those Twitter workouts and things like that. I, I felt like we were ahead of the curve there. And then the Black Lives Matter uh, things happen, and, and there's a whole lot of issues that uh, that are going on with that as well. And, uh, you know, what do you think – you know, how do you think not only the University of Georgia – but uh, specifically the Georgia football team, how do you think they've handled and navigated uh, everything that's happened so far in 2020?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick a, a, a year when, um, you know, Georgia needed a spring practice and, and, you know, not just the, the football team, but I mean, the, the fan base and the media in particular to, to kind of learn what kind of changes would be made with, with these, pretty significant moves in terms of uh, Todd Munkin, uh, you know, bringing in a new look offense. Scott Cochran, you know, kind of an out of the uh, left field type of hire. Um, and you had Matt Luke there for the for the bowl game, but, you know, he's going to have a new cast of characters in terms of his starters up front. Um, you know, it, Georgia will adjust and, and they've been doing the virtual meetings and, you know, uh, I've been impressed with Kirby Smart's approach in terms of the, the two times we've had a, the ability to talk to him via the Zoom. Uh, kind of press conferences. He seems to have his priorities in order um, for a guy that's laser focused on, on, you know, football and recruiting and getting his team, uh, you know, to have the buy-in that he wants. Um, he knows that this is a time where there's a lot more going on than just football. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're gearing up for the, the team getting ready to, to, you know, interact with them face to face. They've been having voluntary workouts where the strength and conditioning staff has been able to oversee things. Um, but he also knows, uh, that, you know, like you mentioned with, with COVID-19, with, uh, the protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, you saw Brian Gant, uh, taken, I don't know what it was, maybe it was about 40 or so players down to uh, downtown Athens to, to register to vote. So you're seeing sort of, um, you know, some different aspects of, um, you know, what they want these players to be in terms of football players and, and members of society and, uh, you know, trying to balance it all, and um, you know, every program out there is you know uh, wanting to get their team ready for uh, to to win, if there is a season and, and whatever that season looks like, and and uh, Kirby Smart Smart's not too different, except for the fact that, like you mentioned, uh, they got some pretty big changes going on.
2: Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me um, with uh, with all of the, the protest movements and things is that the uh, mm-hmm. Board of Regents came out and uh, they're forming a committee. And I think it's with the University of System of Georgia, yeah. um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to take a look at, um, I believe, not just University of Georgia, but all the universities within the state. Uh, look at the names of the buildings and, and evaluate kind of uh, some things like that. Do you know more specifics about that uh, and, and what they plan to do in their timeline on that?
1: I don't know about a timeline. Um, It is, I think it's 20 some campuses, 24 maybe Mm -hmm. um, colleges uh, around the state. I think it's a five person um, committee that's going to be kind of charged with, uh, you know, looking into what what buildings uh, might need to be renamed um, based on uh, whatever criteria they're going to have. I I don't think I saw anybody with the University of Georgia direct connection on that committee. Uh, There's even... Uh, people that aren't necessarily tied into uh, the schools in terms of their present positions. Uh, there's somebody from Chick Fil A that's on there, but there there are some people from I think Albany State, um, maybe Georgia State, um, you know places um, that are represented from the university system and and Kirby Smart and uh, you know Collins out of Georgia Tech. Uh, you know they, they were quoted uh, in this release. Uh, you know obviously there's uh, buildings on the UGA campus. Um, Grady College, the journalism school has gotten um, a lot of attention. I think I saw Joni Taylor yesterday, the women's basketball coach and George's only uh, black head coach. Um, she came out in support on Twitter, at least, uh, of um, I guess she signed a uh, petition to change the name of Grady. So uh, there are other, you know, Baldwin, I think, is, is another one um, where, you know, we'll see how that plays out and, and what the timeline is on that.
2: Right. Well, I mean, that's certainly. A step in the right direction. Um, at least there's some awareness there, and there's some, there's some moving parts now, and it's not just all, all talk. So, um, let's switch gears to to football. Um, the NCAA came out with their six week plan. Um, what? And, and there's there's a lot of conflicting information out there as far as coronavirus goes. And you know, Dr. Fauci came on yesterday and said he doesn't see how football is going to happen if it's not in a bubble. Um, what do you anticipate college football looking like this fall?
1: Well, we're June 19th as we we record this um, and the season for Georgia starts on September the 7th on Labor Day. So I think today, um, you know, I know every everyone's talking and hoping that they're going to be starting the season on time and, uh, you know, playing with as, as little disruption as possible, um, you know, but how that looks uh, you're seeing some of these historically black colleges that were set for some neutral site games, I think it was four, yesterday that announced cancellations Um, you know Georgia playing a neutral site game against Virginia but that's just down the road for Georgia and and there's obviously different resources at those schools and some of these other schools in terms of travel budgets and things of that nature As you know athletic departments have to scale back um, and uh, you know but we'll see how it plays out I mean Georgia hasn't announced how many uh, players might have tested positive we don't know exactly Uh, you know what it looks like there you're seeing some numbers from other schools Um, but uh, you know and then obviously the whole fan issue is a whole different deal I think Georgia by August 1st or somewhere around there will will put out a plan about what they're going to do and and how they're going to pick you know which folks get to go to games if they have to scale back which you know they've been pretty optimistic um, publicly of saying that they want to you know have full crowds but um, you know I'm not sure if that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean it is definitely everything's up in the air and it's a mystery and it has been a mystery. It will be a mystery and, and until we really get going in in the season, I, I guess it'll be kind of day to day. So um, let's let's jump into the football side of it. Uh, you mentioned um, you know Todd Monken coming in as coordinator. Uh, you know having some having some trouble with. Uh, you know, getting the playbook installed and things like that. What can we expect early on, uh, given given the circumstances, if we uh, if we are able to play?
1: Well, I don't know if they've had a problem um, installing the playbook. It's probably just a matter of uh, you know, I mean, they could do it. They could give do it reps. virtually, um, it, but it's probably how much they want to give them. And especially since you know they haven't, uh, besides walkthroughs before spring break, they haven't been on the practice field. And they're going to have a chance to with this uh, kind of extended preseason schedule to, you know, get in some of that springtime work that they probably would have done on the field, um, you know. So, I mean, you don't really have much of a chance to kind of ease into it. I mean, Virginia, you know, is not, um, you know, you're not talking about opening with uh, Ohio State, um, you know, or, or Texas or someone like that. But, um, you know, pretty good ACC team. But then you have, you know, Alabama in, in week three. So, you um, you know i think that they'll get they'll get up and running and, and uh, you know be as uh munkin will will be able to call the offense he wants to call it's probably just a matter of being able to to have a, a good understanding of who are his best players at, at which positions you know uh, do they want to if they want to run four wide receiver sets three wide receiver sets uh, you know predominantly um, you know is that is that the best use of your uh, skill makers if if some of your better guys Uh, you know, are in your backfield. I mean, they need to find a way to get James Cook on the field If Samir White's going to be out there a lot. um, You know, they need to identify, uh, you know, who's going to be out there with George Pickens. Is Dominique Blalock going to be ready um, right away. Uh, Which of these uh, young wide receivers that are very talented are going to be able to contribute right away. Um, So those are questions that will be answered in in, uh, July and into August.
2: Well, the biggest question has got to be the, the, the quarterback room. You know, what what happens with Newman? Does JT Daniels get get his waiver? Is he eligible to play immediately? Uh, where does Carson Beck fit into, the, fit into the mix? Does he have a legitimate shot? Uh, Dewan Mathis just recently got cleared. Does he have a legitimate shot? You know, kind of what – how do you see that quarterback room unfolding?
1: Well, I mean, they brought Jamie Newman here to be the starting quarterback once Jake Fromm um, left. I don't think uh, – You know, I don't think Jamie Newman would have picked Georgia if he didn't think he'd have a good chance to be the starter. Now, JT Daniels obviously complicates things in a good way for Georgia. Um, You know, we'll see what he can do. He's coming off a knee injury and, uh, you know, posted on Instagram, I think at the end of May, uh, you know, he was still wearing uh, a brace on that knee. Um, You know, he needs to get cleared by the NCAA. If he does, you know, Georgia has a really good one and one a Now, does Daniels have a chance to, to beat out Newman? probably does he has a chance but will he I I don't know I mean I think uh, you have to look at Daniels more as as uh, a guy that is here to start for 2021 he'd be the the guy that you wanted to roll out there against Clemson uh, in Charlotte you know and not have to start a true freshman or a guy that really hasn't played that many significant snaps so um, it's a good problem to have. I mean, I think both those guys already having started at, at power conference teams, uh, Newman's viewed as a, you know, NFL prospect, uh, you know, early round guy, maybe even a first round guy, and obviously, um, you know, can, can throw the deep ball, uh, has a dual threat capability, um, you know, and, and Daniels also has a lot of, uh, you know, experience, uh, at least starting for one full season at Southern Cal and, um, you know, didn't have a great supporting cast around him. So, you um, and they were working already, uh, you know, in a system that had some of the same, uh, you know, tendencies and, and uh, air raid style that, that um, Munkin has worked in as well. So it might be a good fit there.
2: Definitely. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you, you get a former number one prospect in. Um, that's always, you know, that always ups your chances and, and makes your room a lot better as far as experience goes and talent goes as well. So uh, that's, that's kind of good to hear. Uh, what freshman um, do you think will make an impact
1: well, actually, I probably left out talking about Carson Beck because I know you just mentioned him. But you know, if you talk about the quarterback room beyond the, the two guys, um, you know, that, that we talked about the, the two transfers, um, you know, like for instance, if if Daniels is not eligible, I think it's going to be very intriguing to find out who's going to be the backup. I, I think Beck certainly has a chance. Bennett, you know, was kind of the uh, the backup by default last year after Dua De- Mathis. Uh, wasn't available. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with Mathis and, you know, and I'm curious about, you know, a guy coming off the surgery he had, you know, do they even need to be more uh, cautious with him in the time that we are in with COVID? I I don't know the answer to that, but um, I think they have obviously a certainly a very talented room, but, you know, Beck's coming off a pretty uh, statistically, not a great senior season in high school. I know he lost a lot of talent around him, but he's a four-star guy, and uh, you know he comes in as a as a guy that you know you could develop and, and hope that he could be in the mix, uh, you know to, to maybe uh, be a starter or or top backup in in 2021 for sure. In terms of other uh, freshmen, I mean uh, they need a kicker. Rodriguez is gone. Uh, Jared Zirkle, um, you know, was a guy that, that came in. Um, you know, he's coming in as, as a blue shirt guy. He'll be on scholarship in the fall. I talked to him uh, in May and it sounds like, you know, he's really eyeing just being the kickoff guy and if he can win the, the place kicking uh, job, that would be great as well. But I think Jake Camarda, you know, might uh, be a, in a good position to, to battle him for that job. We'll see how that plays out. And, and you mentioned all these, these wide receivers uh, where Georgia, I mean, between, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Rosemary, uh, you know, some of the other guys that are, that are coming in, um, you know, the, the kid from California um, you know, they have a, a wealth of uh, guys that are coming in and the tight end out of Arizona as well. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, that's what's going to be so intriguing about July and August. And unfortunately, because of uh, the pandemic, we're not going to have a chance to probably look at too much of it with our own eyes. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if practices are closed and it's going to be scant information that will come out of Kirby and, you know, maybe some stuff behind the scenes. But um, you know, certainly. Uh, when you have the number one rated recruiting class, you are going to be dipping into it, you know, all over the place, especially on special teams.
2: Absolutely, and uh, you know, speaking of special teams, and you know, you mentioned those, um, you know, before I get into special teams, you mentioned all those uh, talented receivers, and you know, with with a with a group that was so thin last year, I I could see uh, probably Jermaine Burton, or Arian Smith, and definitely uh, Roseme getting in, uh, getting involved uh, somehow, some way, uh, whether it be starting or getting. Uh, legitimate snaps and i could see a big big rotation yeah of course i Um, think i think think...
1: Broderick jones you know uh you don't sign a five star when when you have um positions uh you know to be filled the way you 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 know you have to consider him as a possibility uh you know to at least contend i mean you remember andrew thomas came in and they, they found a way to get him on the field uh you know as a starter right away so he'll be worth watching in particular
2: yeah, that offensive line room is going to be going to be very interesting. Um, you know, with the with all the freshmen that are come in that 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 are looking to contribute early. I know uh, also, you know, you have McClendon, Warren McClendon, that's going to uh, look to contribute somehow. Uh, getting the two deep, you're going to have uh, you know Broderick Jones. You're going to have Xavier Truss, um, and then you're going to have Spencer Van Pram that's going to back up Trey Hill at center. Um, so you've got a lot of freshmen that are involved in the two deep, which is. You know, it, it it's scary to think, but it's also exciting because they're just freshmen, and you're going to have them uh, for quite some time, and they're going to get some some quality reps and and be, you know, a good offensive line down the road as well.
1: Yeah, don't forget uh, Justin Schaefer, who missed uh, I guess half of last season. I mean, it's not going to. Uh, he'll probably be the guy that will be the one to beat at, at uh, left guard there, uh, you know, with Kinley now in the NFL. And then we didn't see Ben Cleveland, uh, obviously, in the Sugar Bowl and um, kind of the forgotten guy uh, with with all these newcomers. So, uh, you know, becomes kind of the experienced guy on the line, along with uh, I was going to say, um, you know, along with uh Sawyer, but but Cleveland's got tons more experience in terms of PT than, than Jamari Sawyer and Sawyer's intriguing because you don't know where they're going to line him up. You know, he could be at either the tackle positions uh, or even at, at guard. Uh, very versatile.
2: Be very interesting if he played tackle. I think he's you know I think he's got the skill set to move inside and outside. Um, and uh, with with availability out there, you know, you you would like to find a way to to start three or four veterans. So I think that's a, I think that's a way to get, get another veteran on the field to where you're not relying on freshmen in key spots like both both tackles.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, Trey Hill uh, also gives you some flexibility. If, you know, you have a guy like Clay Webb, um, you know, Warren Erickson played, they have some options in the interior. If you're just trying to get your best five out on the field, uh, you know, it'll certainly be interesting to see how they, they shuffle that thing up and, and you know, uh, how it rolls out.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, we, we talked, uh, we talked special teams and, and, uh, one of the things that actually, uh, led me to uh, get in touch with you to, to bring you in is, uh, your article on Scott Cochran. Now that was, you know, at the time of the hire, that was interesting because he's coming over from a strength and conditioning program. Um, he leading Alabama strength and conditioning program for quite some time, uh, not really any on-field experience, if any at all. Um, and so you, you, you wonder if, you know, how he's going to fit. But uh, he comes over as special teams coordinator. He, he's tasked with uh, finding a replacement for Rodrigo Blankenship. That's, you know, that's task number one. Um, he needs to get his coverage teams uh, on lock. And I think Jake Camarda um, had a great finish to the season um, last season. And I think he's going to be a threat in the punting game. Uh, he may win the place kicking job, as you mentioned before. Uh, the returners, James Cook. Blaylock, if he's healthy. Um, so what is special teams going to look like under Scott Cochran? And, you know, kind of what, um, as far as COVID goes, has that, do you think that's affected his ability to develop as an on, on-field coach? Well,
1: certainly from the on-field perspective, uh, you know, you, you would think so. But um, I, I know Kirby's mentioned, uh, you know, one of the benefits of, of this virtual world that they've been living in is they've been able to hook up with a lot of, uh, you know, other college teams, other NFL teams, to kind of have these kind of, uh, you know, coaching um, uh, enrichment sessions. I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, you know, instead of flying guys to, you know, say the Dolphins or or the the Texans or wherever they might've gone, um, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, they, they were doing it virtually and it's given them a chance to do more of it. And, uh, you know, Cochran in particular, a guy that, you know, doesn't have a background in special teams, uh, you know, beyond when he was maybe uh, kind of, uh, you know, on a support staff role uh, before his strength and conditioning days, uh, you know, certainly probably valuable for him in that regard, and and uh, you know, kind of uh, picked the brain of uh, you know a lot of these guys in the Georgia s- staff, including Todd Hartley, um, I think Charlton Warren. You know, I think Kirby mentioned pretty much uh, four or five guys that have you know really had a big role in that. And, and when Mark Rick was here, he kind of spread the wealth around. They didn't have a special teams coordinator for for much of his time here, and and uh, everybody had a different aspect of special teams. And, and Kirby's been pretty. Um, Involved with special teams, kind of as uh, you know, under his umbrella. You think so much about Kirby with defense. I think he's also taken a big, uh, you know, kind of interest in uh, watching the special teams and and being very involved in in them as well, wanting them to perform at a high level. Um, so uh, I think all those things, you know, I think it's probably if I had to guess, I'd say more beneficial for him to have had time to. Uh, kind of immerse himself with uh, you know, the intricacies of being a special teams coach. Now he has to do it on the field and and execute what he's learned. Uh, and so I think he'll have a chance to do that uh, in these next couple months.
2: So who's the returner? Is James Cook a uh, kick returner? Does he have a chance at punt returns too? How, how, kind of how does he fit in there and, and who fits into these roles?
1: Yeah, it's hard to predict that. I, I think especially that's the kind of thing you see on the practice field, especially with all these guys, uh, you know, Arian Smith or, or – uh, you know, some of these uh, guys that, that are just incredible speed uh, merchants. And, uh, you know, usually Kirby lists about a half dozen guys that they're looking at. I, I think Kip Cook is certainly a guy, um, you know, that fits that bill. Uh, you want to get the ball in his hands. So, um, you know, Demetrius Robertson also uh, has that capability as well. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, th- there's guys that, that are not lacking – uh, for being able to, to be uh, big returners. It's just probably a matter of, um, you know, how they want to use them. And, and you mentioned a guy like Blaylock, uh, you know, do you want to put him out there? I, I would think uh, probably not given his situation they, they need him more, I would say, um, you know, as, as a uh, wide receiver at this point.
2: Okay. Um. And, and we, we talked about the, the, the place kicking deal earlier, um, an earlier question. So um, defensively, um, you know, Lofty expectations, you know, finish number one in a lot of categories uh, nationally um, predicted to do much of the same uh, this year. They rotate a lot of guys. Um, anybody that you see as a that did not start a year ago as a breakout candidate?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to put uh, the Sugar Bowl not in that equation in terms of it did not start because it seemed like there were so many uh, guys that really got a lot more PT and starting assignments. You know, Louis Sine, of, of course, I think is, is the one you have to circle. Uh, you know, given that J.R. reed has gone and, um, you know, seems like uh, he has uh, got the ability to, to step in, I, you know, played well uh, in, in the Sugar Bowl. Um, you, know, uh, you, at, uh, at um, you know, you look at inside linebacker, you know, you didn't see, uh, you know, N'Kobe Dean um, necessarily, um, you know, as the, one of the top guys uh, last year. Um, in terms of uh, starting assignment, but, but he's ready, I think, to, to really uh, kind of take that next step. And, and, you know, along with Monty Rice out there, uh, that's obviously a, uh, you know, really good um, one, two punch, um, you know, and then, um, you know, can you get uh, Travon Walker on the field more um, than uh, you know, just passing situations? Uh, certainly an athletic guy that, that really can get after the quarterback. Um, I, I'd be uh, curious to see uh, how they uh, dial up stuff with him, but, you know, then again, they're using, you know, two dozen guys, uh, you know, in certain roles and uh, finding the best way to, to maximize the talent that they have. So um, it will be interesting. I mean, they have some decisions to make uh, on the back end, uh, you know, with Tyson Campbell, with DJ Daniel, with Eric Stokes, with Tyreek Stevenson, that you include uh, a guy like uh, Kitty Ringo coming in, uh, another five-star guy. There's just so much talent back there and, and uh, you know, only so many snaps to go around.
2: Absolutely, and, uh, you know, I I think this defense is, you know, they're kind of had the luxury of being able to, again, rotate 22, 25 guys like they did a year ago, you know, getting legitimate playing time, not just, you know, and and I think the – the great thing about it is you don't necessarily have to be a starter on defense. You're going to play a lot because they're so aggressive. They they rotate a lot of people. So I think that's going to be beneficial for uh, for this defense. So um, you know that's you know Louis Cena is, is somebody that I looked at as you know okay he he's on the rise. He's going to I think he's going to do big things. Um, I I was really impressed with Stokes, um, and I was really impressed with Nolan Smith too um, as an outside linebacker uh, opposite or, or backing up Aziz Ojolari. So. Um lots of promise on defense for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to kind of uh, top what you did last year, except maybe uh, you know, do it in the biggest moment, which was the SEC championship game, but nobody really uh could kind of slow down that machine. So um, you know, that will be uh the big thing is to be consistent week in, week out and uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. we'll see how the offense rolls around. Uh, you know if the offense is is uh you know playing at a different clip and and uh uh, you know, may, maybe, uh, I don't know, does Kirby get more aggressive with his defense because he thinks the offense can, uh, you know, roll up the points? Uh, who knows? But uh, probably not given, given that they were so stout last year. But, um, you know, hopefully uh, Georgia won't have to rely as much on their defense uh, to get them through these tough games. That
2: would certainly be uh, that would certainly be an, uh, a welcome sight for a lot of fans, you know, not have to have so many nail biting games when when things could have been been blowouts.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at the schedule, I mean, you you have Auburn coming to, to Athens, you have the, the neutral site game against Florida, but then, uh, you know, Tennessee, November 14th. I mean, the, you look at the schedule on paper, but then you think about COVID and, and uh, you know, will there be one or two games that, that get moved because, uh, you know, there's an outbreak on a team. It's, it's kind of, a, it's obviously a different year and, and you just don't know um you can't project far out ahead uh you know and who's going to be missing i mean if george is going to be playing a game uh you know are they going to be having a position that's hit and you're going to be losing three three guys that week they can't go or or that's where george's depth in particular uh you know probably gives them an advantage over a lot of teams and that they can probably make up for those kind of things
2: absolutely it's it's this year is going to be kind of how well have you recruited the last two or three cycles and george has been been number one so um speaking of covid um how has that affected um how's that affected your job as far as being able to uh, cover the team and you know what what are some ways that what are some things that have changed for you um as far as um you know being the beat writer for uga sports and, and tracking down stories
1: well i mean usually um this time of year is uh more quiet uh in terms of uh you know if you had a uh, you know, put the uh, months, uh, rank them uh, one through 12 based on uh, how busy you are. This is kind of the downtime. It's vacation time, uh, you know, but there wasn't a trip to Destin this year to to cover SEC meetings since there was, there was no SEC meetings in person and uh, obviously no spring practice. So, you know, we're not, uh, we don't have the storylines of, of who's emerging and, and Kirby's reaction to some of the newcomers and uh, you know, whatever position battles there are and that kind of thing. But you know, truthfully, i 've been probably uh, more busy than ever because i 'm just writing about uh, I am trying to write about football still because I know a lot of readers don 't want to just read about covid or, or just read about uh, societal issues and um, you know, they want uh, a little bit of, of what they love, which is college football and Georgia Bulldogs. And so uh, trying to give them that as well. But, uh, you know, keeping abreast of what's going on uh, in terms of Georgia, in terms of their volunteer workouts, when players are coming back, uh, you know, how they're adjust- dealing with it. So uh, it seems like every uh, week is uh, something new pops up. And, uh, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the marching band uh, deciding that they're, uh, they're not going to play Um, you know, song from the gone with the wind days or, or, uh, you know, something that that you never would would have expected. Um, But, uh, you know, I've been pretty busy. I mean, I did a story on uh, Jackson Muschamp, Will Muschamp's son coming to be a walk-on quarterback at Georgia. Like I mentioned, I talked to Jared Zirkle, um, you know, uh, updated Dominique Blaylock kind of his rehab situation. So trying to to keep things uh, in the fires, but yet uh, also, uh, report what's going on out there and uh you know on this just incredibly unique time and uh yeah, you know time that none of us could have ever imagined
2: absolutely and uh you know i'll, I'll leave you uh with this uh, before we wrap up i uh champ bailey is um he's on the list the ballot yep. for the college football hall of fame is he a first ballot guy
1: you know what? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, is he no more for what he did in the NFL than what he did at Georgia in terms of on, on national scale? I mean, I guess he was, what, was he a top five NFL draft pick? He was, he was pretty high mm-hmm. up there. Uh, uh, David Pollack was not a first ballot, right? Wasn't he second ballot? I think. I yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I, I don't know. Um, I might, I need to look at the entire list. I mean, it, it's uh, over a hundred, maybe a hundred names. I'm not sure, but, um, uh, I'm certainly. When you think of Champ Bailey, you, you think of a guy that's a Hall of Famer, and and uh, he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, if Pollock didn't make it in on the first ballot, uh, I'm not sure if Champ is or not. Um, but um, I, I think certainly he'll be in. If not uh, his first time up, uh, certainly his his uh, next time up. And and you know the national profile that he has uh, certainly could get him in there. And um, you know it seems like Georgia's, uh had you know Matt come just got in a few years ago, so uh you know probably be cranking these out uh you know for uh time again i mean thomas davis still has a chance probably right
2: yeah i would imagine i mean he just i think he just retired from the nfl too so i mean he's still pretty fresh on everybody's mind
1: he's he's no, been, i don't think uh, he's retired i think he's with the redskins now
2: yeah, okay yeah. I, I figured he i thought he retired i thought he was announcing his retirement but no good for him you know he's still still kicking around and um, he he was probably one of the one of the best stories in the NFL as far as his um, comeback from from what three ACL teams? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Pollock will be going in. Um, I guess December is when they have the uh, the the uh, ceremony up in New York, assuming that it's uh, not not uh, postponed or canceled like like so much. But uh, you know you'll see Champ Bailey in there sooner than, than later. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the impact that he made on the NFL. Um. Will I? I'm not, I don't want to say force voters, but they will. Uh, I think voters will have find it hard pressed to to leave them out. Um, as far you know, and, and maybe even on the first ballot. So, um, I know Kirby's campaigning for him. They, you know, they were teammates. So um, I saw that and and uh, thought it was interesting. You know, I I think he's a first ballot guy. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the in the NFL. I mean, he was he was one of those guys that you go out there and look and and it's okay. I'm not thrown to that side today. So. Um, I'm not throwing at number four today, so I'm going to go look, uh, look elsewhere. So he was kind of one of those, one of those type cornerbacks. And, and, uh, so you certainly, certainly would imagine.
1: Yeah. Kirby's already, um, tweeted out his, uh, uh I guess he's maybe the campaign manager, but, uh, I think Kirby appreciates, uh, champ helping, uh, what is Kirby in double digits for career interceptions? So, uh, uh, probably champ had something, something to do with that.
2: Yeah. I, I, I guarantee you did. Um, and uh, you know he's certainly appreciative of that. So, um, Mark, it was it was great to have you. Uh, where can we find you on on social media?
1: Uh, just check out my Twitter handle at uh, Mark Weiser M A R C W E I S Z E R.
2: All right, um, that's this is Mark Weiser of the Athens Benner herald uh, We can you can find your content on Twitter and uh, it'll link you to onlineathens.com. Uh lots of great stuff, lots of great content in a time where content is, uh, is kind of scarce. So I uh, appreciate you joining the show and uh, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can have yeah, you let to do
1: it. Hopefully there'll be a uh, football season and uh, we can talk uh, some, uh, some matchups X's and O's and uh, you know, a little bit more what uh, what we want to focus on.
2: Absolutely. Well, uh, Mark, have a, a great weekend and we'll talk. All right, to you good soon. to be with you. Thanks.
1: All right, Corey. Thank you.
2: All right. I want to once again, thank Mark for joining the show. Um, you can find him on Twitter at M A R C W E I S Z E R. Mark Weiser at Mark Weiser on Twitter. Um, you can find his content on, uh, the Athens Benner Herald at online Athens.com and, uh, really good stuff. Um, had a lot to say about a lot of things and, um, uh, you know as we recorded this he's since written another article about the Georgia football team going to register to vote i think that's a huge deal i think that's going to make a difference in in the world of social justice i think one of the biggest things politically is that the young people just feel like they don't have a voice or they or they don't exercise their voice whatever the case may be you know it, it hasn't always you know the the elections have always been kind of geared towards the older generations. And uh, I think it's a great thing that these younger generations are making sure that they get out and vote and get registered properly so that they can vote and, and things like that. So um, there's a, there's another well-written article um, by Mark on uh, on OnlineAthens.com uh, describing that situation, describing how uh, they went and registered to vote. So that's a really good thing. So check that article out. Um, he had a lot of good things to say about the freshman class. I think recruiting – uh, the number one class year in and year out is uh, is always a good thing, but I think I feel like this class is way, way, way more hype, uh, way more hyped up, I should say, um, than previous number one classes under Kirby. And I think this one, um, I think it's because a lot of these freshmen have a really good chance of contributing early, and uh, you know, I I just. There's just a feel around this this freshman class that that makes you think that they're that they're way more talented uh, than previous classes. So uh, it'll be an exciting thing to watch for um, as the season hopefully uh, joins you know or hopefully uh, materializes and, and hopefully comes about. And so I think it's you know it's fluid. You know any any you're dealing with COVID, it's it's always fluid and and you can't really can't really predict it. And, uh, you know, the numbers, you know, they surge ahead one day and then, you know, they kind of, you know, level off and some days they decline and some days they surge back ahead and, you know, you, you, you're not sure what metric to, to really look for. But, you know, as far as college football goes, they're heading in the right direction. They're trending in the right direction. But uh, we just don't know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. So... Um, just stay, just keep staying tuned. Hopefully, hopefully it will happen, and hopefully we'll give you something to uh, to talk about. So, if you like the show, please make sure uh, don't forget. Just go ahead and do it right now. I'll wait. Yeah, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit that like button if, if you're on iTunes or if you're on Google Play, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, whatever you're on. Make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure you get those alerts. Make sure you know when. The Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast post a new episode and uh, make sure you uh, give us some good feedback at Believe in Dogs on all social media. Make sure you uh, contact the show, give us a follow, give us a like. Uh, We're we're gonna be very we're very user friendly. We're very active on social media, especially Instagram. So feel free to give us some good feedback. Make sure it's constructive though. Um, I, I, I want. I want that feedback. I want to know kind of the pulse of Dog Nation and kind of where, what directions you guys want to go. So hopefully uh, hopefully that'll happen. So give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Um, if you want to advertise with us, please contact our fine folks at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. They'll get you set up uh, for some ad space on this show. I'll be glad to do any live reads uh, for you. So that'll be great. Uh, make sure you subscribe on the show because this show is going to explode um, because Dog Nation is somebody you know. If you if you saw Dog Nation what they did uh, in taking over Notre Dame Stadium, I think uh, I'm hoping and anticipating that they'll do the same in the podcast market, especially with uh, with this Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. So make sure you get in there as well. So um, as always, uh, the question is, do you believe? I certainly do, and as always, go dogs.